Hello and welcome everyone to the last episode of What's Brewing CISFA. What's Brewing CISFA is and was a podcast produced for the California Community College's Student Financial Aid Administrators Association. I'm your host, Dennis Schrader. I'm wrapping up as of June 30th, my time as the 2021-2022 CISFA past president. And I'm Dana Yarbrough, Dennis's co-host and fellow employee at Los Angeles Mission College. Unfortunately, my work with Dennis will continue, maybe forever. Who knows? <laughs> What's Brewing CISFA hopes to inform and entertain you 30 minutes at a time, but for today, maybe just a little bit longer. So let's start our last show. And welcome to the 200th and last episode of What's Brewing CISFA. Let's start this show with our last first cup. Well put, Dana. <laughs> and and as uh, as you know, we are uh, not alone today. No, we're not. We are not alone at all. So our well, there's lots of cups being poured somewhere. Yes, there are. Hopefully, only coffee uh, or soft. Drinks. I don't know. A few of them have uh, looks on their faces that they may have a little extra something something in them cups. I don't know. It is Monday. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, for our last. Our 200th episode, our last uh, What's Brewing Seas for show, we brought back as many luminaries from Seas for as we could. Uh, people who've joined the show at some point uh, in our last couple years. We've only done this a couple years. So I'm just going to go from uh, top of my screen on down. We've got David Lovren, College of Sequoias, Financial Aid Director. Welcome, David. Good morning. Good to see you. And then we've got uh, the other David, uh, David Shook, our incoming Cease for president for the coming year and financial aid director at Copper Mountain College. Good to see you, David. Glad to be here. Good morning. Good morning. And then our past past president, the guy who came before me, who led all of us down the rabbit hole of uh, uh, doing things for CISFA and all that good stuff. Michael Deere, financial aid director of Miracosa College. Good to have you here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you all uh, for recording on a Monday. Uh, the reason we're doing it on a Monday is purely because I set the calendar invite wrong. <laughs> I had planned to do it on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock because I, I I think I talked to Dana even before. I was yeah, like, it's Tuesday at 10, good. Uh-huh. And she said yes, and then I made the invite with the Zoom. And then I already had like two of you uh, at least uh, uh, approve and uh, accept the invite. I was like, oh, I guess we're doing it Monday now, <laughs> which just worked out actually because uh, – my uh, my direct uh, my VP has set up a meeting for tomorrow that would have fell right between uh, right in the middle of the show. So thank you all for being very flexible. Uh, I had you know as I said um, uh, pre-show, I had invited some others along, but Mondays are Mondays. I wouldn't expect everyone that could make it. So Anna Faye Robinson, we may have to do a, a prologue or whatever they do that uh, you know after the shows at some point uh, to get her thoughts on things as she is the. President going into past president, but we have our incoming president, David, here. David, what kind of big plans do we have now for CISFOR for the coming year? To put you on the spot. Well, uh, staying sane is, is number one. <laughs> yes. I think. Um, as we're all good. aware, there's, there's lots of things happening in the financial aid world and even more specifically for our state. So mm -hmm. I think just kind of getting those new things um, under, under wraps and in in a, a good grip of reality and, you know, like I said, staying sane with all of that, you know, changes and staffing and COVID-19 uh, contact and, you know, all oh, of the yeah. things that go, go along with it. 
just uh you know trying to trying to keep plugging on yeah it's it's going to be uh i think what's going to be great about your administration your regime for a ceaseful yeah. will be that we get to return to and i see mike uh dear laughing we get to return to an in-person conference if all goes well right mike it that alone is going to be worthwhile I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we've I been guess. Saying, we've been saying we're going to return to in-person for three years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yours was supposed to be the big one up in Monterey. We've had to wait. We've cycled through <laughs> a couple times yeah. here. Yeah, we're going back to Monterey. Isn't that funny? I'm it is. Me. And, David, it's yours. It, 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 I don't know if you've created your theme yet, have you? Uh, No, not yet. Okay. Um, yeah, not not nothing official yet. So um, I've got some ideas floating around. So I'll okay. I'll run it by the board and see see what we can come up with for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be good. Uh, Dana, we may have to go to that. Yeah, and just hang out in the back. Yeah, and you yep. know, um, you know, be troublemakers. Yeah, we'll do the <laughs> underground podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll li- we'll recording live. live? Stream. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, we'll, yeah. I think according to the equipment I have and the. Uh, the inexpensive plan I have for hosting uh, our podcast. I think you can do live stream and stuff like that. Nice. Okay. So just like a radio station. <laughs> there we go. We're going to get kicked out. We're definitely going to get kicked out. Absolutely. It's all good though. Now, David Loverin, are you going to be coming to the conference this coming year? Uh, you betcha. Okay. I think you probably have the okay. shorter trip at least, you know, you're farther up North at Sequoia's than we are. So that's true. That's true. I mean, Central California, we're, I'm just pretty much four hours from any direction we go. So. Mm-hmm. You guys keep driving until you find a coast and uh, hope that you found a town that looks like a little fishing town. For, have you been to Monterey, Dana? Mm-mm, no. It looks like a little East mm-hmm. Coast fishing town in parts. It's okay. got a cannery row. Nice. Um, some of the houses. It's a little colder than the rest of uh, California. I guess I had a friend who got out of, uh, was up uh, this weekend in Morro Bay and all was talking about how, where he was staying, it was like 60 some degrees mm. most of the day until he drove up into a winery where it was like LA and some of Southern California, extremely hot. Right. So it might be the place to go. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yes. Oh yeah. Beautiful walks on the beach there too. I yes. And the place we're having a conference We've got it at the height that's right on a golf course. So, you know, bring your clubs, everybody, and uh, be ready to play. We should find out from the membership. This would be a good idea if we have enough. uh, I'm not a golfer. I'm just going to put that out there. You don't want me on the course. Too many divots, too much swearing. (laughs) But if we have golfers in the group to put a little thing together for them, I guess might be something. That is a good idea. I think that's a good idea. I know – the California State Assessors Association, mm-hmm. they do uh, golf tournaments as part of their meetings okay. regularly. Cool. I, think that's a, I think that's a good idea. I don't golf either. I'm with you, Dennis. I, yeah. I'll drive the cart for somebody. I was going to say, yeah, that's the right. best part anyways. I've done that part yeah. too, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, golf. Maybe, uh, maybe a, uh, like a best ball on the putting green sort of contest. Or exactly. Something. You know, mm-hmm. you know, a hole in one yeah. type of contest on a yeah. on whatever the par three is, and hopefully it's a you know nice scenery there and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get people out for sure. Yeah, so let me, uh, you know, that I guess throw that out as some ideas. Who knows? I guess I had to, I had some friends that were uh, in some golf tournament over the weekend, so that's what brought it to mind. Because my friend, one of my friends, was this close. That's six inches on uh, podcast terms. 
from a hole in one that would have won him ten thousand dollars. Oh wow! It was one of those par three. Nobody else was close at all. Okay. And he overhit the hole by that much. Oh so. man! It was there like a runner up prize? No, it was one of those literally oh, okay. you hole to, in one okay. or and then nothing. You get, okay, yeah, all or nothing. Nah, Got you. Okay. Yeah, that's one of those things. Okay. What can you say? Yeah. But thinking about financial aid outside of, you know, our conference, um, let's go see what's kind of going around this state. So, uh, Mr. Deer, Mike Deer, uh, what's new down in Miracosa or uh, things that you've heard lately? Newest thing we got going on is trying to prep for this learning aligned employment program, the late. Yes. Yes. So we just had a meeting last week with our career services folks and our HR folks. Um, we're trying to figure out how we're going to get that set up and situated. Um, a couple of the things that we're just trying to work through are, you know, for on-campus jobs, there has to be a research component, mm-hmm. which is what it is, right? Um, I, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense for a community college, maybe a, maybe at a CSU or a UC, but, but we have, you know, there's plenty of research that goes on as sort of part of our um, positions around campus. So we're, so we're figuring out how, how to work that out. And then we've already done some off campus federal work study um, okay. jobs in the past. So we kind of already have some off campus employee contracts or MOUs or whatever you want to call them. Right. And so, so we're not too worried about it, but it can, it's just another thing to add, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, thing I, to add. I haven't told somebody, uh, <laughs> who might be part of our doing our leap because uh, Dana does our work study program because uh, we don't have a centralized um, student employment thing on our campus. And this leap thing is seemingly just one more cog in that machine, but it might be something that we end up running. So I know we just signed up. Uh, everyone here all signed up with it is going to sign up with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping for the best. I know I looked at our allocation and I thought, wow, that's a lot of money, but I forgot that this is a multi-year uh, endeavor. So in that case, you know, it's about half the amount of money we get for work study every year uh, if we uh, annualized out. So it could be useful. I hope I really do. But yeah, that's, that's big on the front. Helps. Yeah. I hope it helps. It's also, it, it, we're, we're um, separate, but related Mm-hmm. We're also having the conversation about our hourly wages because yes. they've not kept track. You know what I mean? It used to be, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for probably all of us that are on the call now um, with David, David Shook, you, you're the young and the group, I think. So this might be after your time, but maybe not. You know, the thing about work study was it, it was always a few dollars more than minimum wage. That was part yes. of the attractiveness of it, right? And I know for us, it's like, you know, barely kept, it's just minimum wage. And so we're, we're talking about hopefully trying to see if we can get that changed kind of back to the old days where we're a little bit higher than minimum wage, you know, in the best interest of our students, of course. Right. So, so we're, we're hoping. And so a little bit, you know, there's always that discussion of, well, the pot is limited. So if mm-hmm. we're at minimum wage, we can pay this many students. But if we're above minimum wage, we can only pay this many students right. and and trying to find that balance. And so hopefully a little bit of extra money and, and more opportunities for jobs will allow us to be above minimum wage just a little bit and um, and still have enough to go around. So that's that's another positive. Yeah, that's a that's a big discussion we've had lately in the financial aid directors in our uh, district here discussion, because 
I know talking years ago with uh, Melissa Moser, who used to be the director at Orange Coast College, how they were paying above uh, standard wages on their campus because with all the uh, retail around them, they couldn't get people to come and work on campus. This was almost 10 years ago uh, because, you know, Starbucks, uh, restaurants and all that were paying much more. Nobody would want to work on campus. And I think we've hit that again as – we both have the increased uh, minimum wage, but then again, current circumstances, so many other places are paying so much more than us. And we're kind of the slow-moving dinosaur when it comes to this stuff. I'm hoping it doesn't continue to impact us. Right, Dana? I mean, we've it's been hard hiring this year. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Well, mm, I think, you know, tell end of it, it got a little, you know... Um Intense because then I had a lot of requests for. Yes, we yes, get the requests high. from yes, the departments, uh-huh. but yeah. it, how do you feel those? Right. Uh, uh-huh. How about that among the David? Same kind of issues there. Uh, come work, study, and such. Same thing at Sequoias. We've always just kind of paid the minimum wage. Um, haven't we've been able to place? Well, I want to say that the challenge has been um, just trying to get the students back. You know, we've been open this last year, but students mm-hmm. back on campus. So just the pool of students who are eligible. Um, you know, trying to find ones that are. Yes you know, qualified and trying to place them all. And then sometimes mm-hmm. you get down to the end of the pool and um, some of them, they don't quite fit with the offices just right. But it's, um, we've been able to place everybody and spend our money this year, but it was a little bit more of a challenge because we're still trying to climb out of that pandemic slump where we've kind of lost oh, yes. some of our numbers and yeah. get back into to good Same shape. Here. And, and, and it's, it's, it's been kind of awkward because it's normally been a really big deal uh, for students to have a work study position mm-hmm. here because, you know, jobs in general in our area are limited and it's kind of been, Oh man, you, you, you work as a student at, at the college. And that was, that was a big deal. And, you know, when we shut down, we were allowed to pay students to kind of work off campus and that, mm-hmm. that didn't work out too well for us. We had students oh. that went MIA. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so we had to get that cleaned up and yeah, we're still kind of recovering from the whole pandemic thing as well. And, and, you know, enrollment is the same where our enrollment is slowly increasing again, um, coming up for 22, 23 from what, it, what the numbers are showing so far, but yeah, it's, it's just been really, uh, awkward is I guess maybe the best word where it used to be super easy when we would use up all of our work study funds. And, and now it's what, why do we have, you know, this dollar amount left? Like we need to hire somebody or figure something else out. Yeah. It was, it was a hard balance act. I worked with Dana because we ended up transferring a significant amount to SEOG. I was very late on getting my SEOG out this year because the way our system works is if I give all of us $500, and then I add more money to the pot. I want to give us an extra $100. I can't easily do that. It's like, no, it's easier to pick another group of students to yeah. get $500. So right. I kind of put it off for a while. I stole money from Dana's work study. Uh, and then at the end, it was like we suddenly uh, were running out of work study. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But mm-hmm. I do have some colleagues in the district that had the same issue that were literally transferring SEOG just in the last couple of weeks to uh, pay out additional students to get the money out the door so that we uh, – you know, don't don't get uh, the ire of the feds. I had that last year where I underspent because I didn't transfer in time and uh, got a little slap on the wrist. So it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things you have to deal with. But, yep. uh, yeah, I'm hoping that we get back to the point that we can get students hired back on campus 
and uh, also hopefully our, our work study dollars don't uh, decrease. Because my I know across the state and talking to some people and watching our little uh, CFAO all list uh, that a number of us were uh, seeing decreases in our work study for no real discernible reasons. And right. so uh, I'm sure it all went to Mike or someone. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Yeah, for that craft brew uh, non-degree certificate or whatever. Uh, yeah, you saw that, huh? You yes. And, yeah, award winning. They they keep winning awards, man. That's the way to do it. <clears throat> yeah. Look, I take a, took a couple days in San Diego and went to the Padres twice. Uh, and uh, I always loved Petco Park, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, like all the vendors and all, uh, Dana, if you are a craft brew aficionado. Mm-hmm. All kinds. Yes. It's, it's hard to believe how many different craft brews are out there. And then if you just go anywhere to, let's say, I don't know, smoke a cigar or something, the number of craft brews everywhere else <laughs> is amazing. So, yes, it's great to see you got a program up there at Miracosta that's uh, helping feed the pipeline of good career jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Nice. Maybe that'll be one of our new late jobs. Let's hope so. Ooh. But before we talk more on anything else, let's have a little bit of music, everybody, and uh, get ourselves into the second last second cup, or last second cup. And welcome back for our last second cup segment on the What's Brewing Cease Show. All right, Dana, that's our last fill-up of that kind. Mm-hmm. I, 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 if you can't see, this is Dana's <laughs> uh, home pod slash coffee holder. <laughs> I just have a CNA. And then from Dana, Dana gave me this nice, uh, remember, what was it? Uh, FSA was down yeah. in Atlanta yeah. many years ago. Mm-hmm. I've got my CNN international <laughs> bug. And the best thing about this thing is it's gigantic. So I can set the K-cup machine to 12 ounces. There you go. Look at you. And still fit a little creamer in there and uh, have some room. So I'll have my cup after this. Okay. I didn't want to take the chance of too much coffee and then, you know, halfway through the show going, oh, I got to run down the hall real quick or something, <laughs> you know, like that. So I wanted to get the whole show taped at once. Gotcha. I'm not good with the editing stuff. All right. Just so you know. But what else is there uh, going on out there? David, what's going on up in your area or neck of the woods Oh, Thanks just like, uh, you know, Mike, we jumped in on the late program. So we've met with our um, workforce development people, again, kind of looking to them to hopefully give us some of those job connections mm-hmm. outside. But then knowing that a lot of this is very similar to a work-study program. So a lot of the students will be running through our work-study part of our office. So um, jumping in with that. And um, we just finishing up a big review of our policy and procedures we okay. joined up with nasa's um, blue icon folks oh, and nice. i had a consultant because every year i say i want to get my policy procedures up to date and then every year it goes by in a blur and i'm like wait when did i not have time to get that all done so mm-hmm. um they came in and did a gap review and <laughs> a shocking gap review at that <laughs> um but went through very thoroughly all of our policy and procedures and put down the online um, portion of NASPA so we can use that every year and keep it up to date going forward. So I'm feeling good to have that almost completed. And then we're getting ready to go live with our CPOS course program of study. We're banner and degree works and we're going to be able to do all those uh, class audits. So okay, um, we'll be starting fall running that live for our students. So trying to get our documentation and our notices out to students that 
you know, we're going to look at every course they're in. And if it's not part of their degree or their major, um, they're going to maybe not be a full time or, you know, that may affect their Pell, their Pell yeah. grants or, or their federal grants. So um, the good side of that, yes, will be compliant. I'm one of those people that kind of don't think it's always the best thing that community college is a place to have some room for ex- exploration. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's that, you know, financial aid. Uh, uh, we're either there to help you or crush your dreams by <laughs> you know, federal policy. So sometimes a <laughs> little of both in the same day. So that's, oh, that's been a lot of, a uh, lot of work, a few years coming, getting that all put together and counselors and all the people getting that on board. So we'll be uh, flipping the switch on that one come fall. So very well, busy summer. I really hope that you uh, take good notes or have your researcher help you on that because, uh, you know, again, in talking to other financial aid directors, even in my own district about how we've got degree audit supposed to be launched at some point in the product we use uh, PeopleSoft. Uh, is that concern? I'm on your side. I, I want to have students to have that ability to do a little exploration and all that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we kind of do the tightening of the reins when they, you know, been here 150% of the length of their program. Yes, we're only paying you for X classes. And my concern is the same thing. You know, you tighten up too soon. Yes, we're being compliant. But then, you know, you don't get to take that other class somewhere else and get financial mm-hmm. aid for it. Maybe some discouragement. So I want to see what the numbers actually say to this other than the compliance aspect, but does it really get students to stay on target on task and graduate in maybe a little less time? So I'd, I'd be interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to see how that affects our population. I, I think it will. I think it will help. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is just from a, you know, we're all um, viewing things more and more through an equity lens and we're all mm-hmm. getting better at equity as we learn more about what equity is and all of that stuff. And, and, you know, there's, there's, there is room for exploration in all of the GE patterns. There really is. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about, you know, our, our historically marginalized students, which let's be honest, that's our Pell students, right. And, and, and if in order for us to help them, succeed to raise them up right we got to get them on track they can explore within the ge pattern and they can still get their pal for it and they can still get through in two years like i I think from an equity perspective it's the right thing to do and and i still think it allows for enough exploration without getting so lost in exploration that you accumulate too many units you get sap dq'd and then you don't complete and you don't finish right and that's Mm -hmm been kind of part of the cycle in community colleges that has been a problem, right? Yeah. So. I think if we have, if you have all the pieces working to it and it's not just a, again, a financial aid thing of they're not paying me for my classes, but in reality, students are getting better guidance at the front end mm-hmm. from counselors so that they are properly enrolled and not just taking a class that may have zero meaning, but something in their major. It's like, no, you could take two child development classes at once, take two and then take your math and your science or whatever, uh, you know, or your English class. And again, because that's always been my concern, my, my, cause my retort used to always be for those who wanted to be hard nosed about, yes, we should only, you know, do degree audit was like, so how are you going to explain to your president when you see a, a potential large drop off in Pell? And this is again, before, uh, you know, knowing that if we have all those other support structures in place, you're right, Mike, I think we would keep them on target. They would be enrolled full time and getting through the program just as fast and as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if they go part-time, at least they have 
I mean, it, I think it also um, sort of reiterates the importance of an ed- education plan, yes. right? Because mm-hmm. you can either apply it 12 units at a time, or you can apply it six units at a time, but you, at least you have the path that you need to get through, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? because that's the other side of the coin. All these, all these programs that are incentivizing full-time enrollment, that's great. And I won't, I can't speak for your schools, but here at our school, the vast majority of our students are part-time. Yes. You know, and, and there's a reason for that. And, and guess what? That also overlaps with a lot of the reasons why some of our groups like are historically marginalized cat in those categories. Right. So like it, 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 it can't be a one size fits all as mm, far as, mm-hmm. you know, full time and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But I think um, prioritizing courses that are Pell eligible that because they meet the GE pattern and or the major and getting an ed plan that allows for some exploration within that. I, whether you're doing six units or 12 units a term, I, I still think that is going to help more students oh, yeah. complete and I've been here a long time and I've never once given a presentation and said that if you don't go full time, then you don't get any financial aid. But still, that's mm-hmm. a myth or stigma that it students is. Sure is. somehow have heard somewhere along the way that if they don't take at least 12 units, then they don't get anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big advocate for, you know, um, having some sort of uh, benefit for students that are going like three quarter time because, you know, we have students that work that are single parents. Mm-hmm. You know, they, we've we've had issues with childcare and schools, uh, especially during the pandemic, and they miss out on that uh, that additional funding um, for not being twelve or fifteen mm-hmm. units, um, specifically with some of the state um, grants that are coming through. And you know, so if if a student took nine or ten units but maintained a higher GPA, maybe then that could incentivize them to complete. Because if you have a student that attempts fifteen units but doesn't complete any of them. Yes. And you have a student that attempts nine units, but completes nine units, they're further along in their path than that original student. And unfortunately, I mean, uh, I'm I'm sure we can all say this a little bit, but, you know, you've got the students that maybe bite off more than they can chew uh, their first or second or first and second terms with our schools wanting to be full time. And then they end up not meeting SAP and then therefore not being eligible yeah. And that kind of compl- complicates things even more. So eventually I'd like to see something with, you know, if a student was able to maintain a, a 2.8 with, with going three quarter time, you know, and completing mm-hmm. those, those units, I think, I think that would go a long way. Uh, yeah. I think, you, you know, I mean, you can understand why the state, you know, especially when you looked at our graduation rates, let's say just 10 years or more ago, yep. we had the full time student success grant. Mm-hmm. We had the uh, what turned into the student success completion grant. Currently, mm-hmm. as far as the idea of pushing students to think about full time and all, and again with all the money that we put into triple SP and the programs on the counseling aspect, you know, addressing some of the equity things through through student equity separately, uh, we are trying to make that move to get our students to be more full time. But I think there is just that reality. I'm sure our percentage, like I'm sure at Mike's school and uh, everyone else here hasn't really changed a whole lot towards more full-time students. And then the pandemic didn't really help either, mm-hmm. even yeah. though students have tried. And you know what? I was just going to add, David, you, you just explained my whole situation when I was a student here at Mission. So I came here right after I graduated um, high school, you know, 17, 18 years old. 
And um, I did fall into that trap where I was um, full-time student and working, you know, as a federal work-study student. And like you're saying, it's just, and this is just me, this is just how I am as a a student. I couldn't handle a full-time schedule and working. So I scaled back and realized, okay, three-quarter time, and then I can do my my job, and then I can maintain. So like you're saying, every student is different, and not Mm -hmm. everybody fits, you know, um, a same uh, schedule or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, if we right. can keep and, students successful. Mm-hmm. Right. And then a, a lot of students, they want to jump right in and take some of the hardest classes right. in uh-huh. English, yeah. you know, <laughs> at, at all in the same term right. to be full time. And I can under, uh, understand and appreciate, you know, the intent behind that with wanting to get some of those harder ones out of the way. But when you take them all in the same term, that becomes mm-hmm. really, really hard. Yeah, and you've, you've got things like psychology and sociology yeah. and and algebra thrown in there and you know it just it, it doesn't it doesn't always seem to quite work out and i think that's yeah. something that needs to be looked at that was that was yeah. me too david were you with me in you know in my journey were you there with me were you watching <laughs> i was there too i mean I, I graduated here and you know one of the best things that i decided to do was take um i took a math class i can't remember which one it was during the summer and that was great because summer was every day of the week. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. all mm-hmm. you were concentrated on, you know? And I mean, I still made it, made it through by the skin of my teeth with a, a low B, I think, um, eventually. But when you're, you're fully immersed in it and that's what you're concentrating on mm-hmm. and that's all you have to it's concentrate different. on for a certain mm-hmm. period of time, yep. um, I think that worked out really well. But yeah, doing it for a whole, you know, 15, 16 week term. Lord have mercy. With multiple <laughs> right? classes. Yes. And, you know, kids at home that you're trying to get to school and this and that. And it's it's tough. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe at some point uh, I would like to see a community college try that kind of uh, cohort type mentality. There's a university, I think it's Grinnell out of Iowa, that I remember when I was uh, back in high school. Internet wasn't there yet, Dana. You have to remember <laughs> that. Uh, that's how old I am. Uh, you'd get these books from colleges all the time because as soon as you took the ACT or the SAT test, your information was sold off to colleges. And, th- you know, they're trying to find the right people for the right schools. But they were one of these colleges that did a course at a time. That was their big selling point, mm-hmm. that in nine months you'd get like nine courses or whatever. So you'd finish on time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Maybe a community college ought to try that, where we do that kind of focus because then it's not a case of, seeing students drop out in a 16 week course or where they have four classes. One of them has to get thrown to the side because of family matters or whatever, but you do one per semester. Mm -hmm. I throw that out there for one more way for the state to, you know, uh, give us another directive on something. (laughs) Not that we needed that. Right. But um, I throw that out as an idea. All right, guys, let's uh, do a little bit more music here. Round ourselves out to our, last last sip segment and just like that we are back for what will be our last last sips all right guys so it's the last part of the show I wanted to keep you guys all on target so you can uh, get about your days and stuff like that. So it's a part that me and Dana know do when we do our I dare you to, you know, as far as reading, writing, 
watching, listening, mm-hmm. binging. Uh, in, <laughs> in Dana's case, I'm sure she's given yeah. many a uh, uh, possibilities of binging. So, Mr. Lover, and any uh, I dare you twos for our listening audience out there. How many? Throw me up first. Okay. Um, <laughs> music wise, yeah. I would say. Uh, Especially if you guys down south, have you ever ever heard of uh, Trombone Shorty? Just released yes. a new album of many. Fantastic. And uh, he's kind of a fun, you know, out of New Orleans, but takes a lot of the uh, different types of music that come out of New Orleans over the years and blends them together and kind of makes them fun and more modern and uh, current sounding. But And he's also got a concert down at Santa Barbara Bowl here yes. next month or two. So for those of you down that area. Is that, his, uh, is that his New Orleans review or whatever he's doing? That He's got a bunch of guest so, musicians? Yeah, okay. something like that. So I was kind of, don't know if I'll make it down there, but it was like, oh man, it'd be fun to see. Um, and then, um, yeah, I'm an old guy. So, you know, I was in high school back in 86 when Top Gun came out. So I have to say um, okay. that that new Top Gun movie was kind of bittersweet for me being an older <laughs> dog versus some of the young kids, but um, it, they did a pretty good job tying the the two stories together over many, mm-hmm. many years. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> a fun, a fun movie to see. So, um, yeah, maybe that was worth checking out. All right. That sounds like great choices. How about you, Mr. Shook? Any, I dare you twos. Well, yes, I just got back yesterday from, um, a trip to Indiana. So my wife, <laughs> okay. Sarah and I got to go out, no children. Uh, this nice. trip it was great. My, my old Marine Corps buddy was getting married. So, uh, we've been friends for 20 years. That was a really, really great trip. And all we wanted to do was sit on his wraparound porch on a swing. And that's what we were able to do. So I didn't <laughs> have to think about work. I didn't any of that. So um, we're not big alcohol beverage consumers, mm-hmm. but we did find in a mason jar buttercream moonshine sipping cream. Wow. And it's like butter pecan ice cream liquefied with moonshine in it. And it is <laughs> amazing. You only need this much because it's, it's very strong. But because it's that moonshine. So we, we, we enjoyed that on the porch. There were lightning bugs out there, which oh, we wow. don't have out here in Joshua Tree. Um, so if I were to recommend or give an I dare you to, that would be something definitely worth trying. It was delicious. Interesting. Most interesting. Uh, I can only imagine what the flavor would be. Well, we're going to try to make a a trip out our our whole family next year for the Indy 500. So that's uh, Memorial Day weekend. So I know colleges are finishing up terms, so it might be a little difficult, but we're going to try to try our best to make it out for that. Apparently it's a, it's a, Lifelong memory making experience. I have a friend who uh, grew up in Indiana and uh, Uh didn't go to it till after he'd returned after leaving the state for college. And uh, yes, it's like a quarter million people just around a track or more. It's a, it's a, it's a festival. Yeah, definitely. One one more quick one that I'll recommend is if you ever get a chance to see Chris Stapleton in concert, please do that because it is absolutely amazing yeah our uh co-worker she was at his concert last week yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah, just he was out here. yeah yeah he's amazing absolutely great, great. i would have went because his opening band was dwight yokum but yep. i had a, a dodger game to go to so okay I had to make yeah, he was good too he was good yeah he's yeah. one of my favorites there you go mike 
What do you got for us? Any idea you use? I love Dwight Yoakam. Yeah. Uh, Bakersfield, Bakersfield beat is, yeah. you know, Buck Owens and yeah, right on. Uh, so I, I, at the moment, um, I am reading a book called iGen. It's from the author who wrote Generation Me, uh, which was maybe about 15 years ago mm-hmm. or something like that, or maybe 20 now. Shoot, I don't know. But, um, you know, my kids are basically iGen kids yeah. right and so uh so anyways i'm reading that it's um you know it uh so the author is actually a professor in san diego okay uh and so it's a you know it's a sociology book so sometimes it's not um as entertaining as you know reading one of my louis lamore books or something uh, like that or you don't find charts and graphs in your or, louis lamore right or CJ Box, you know, but it is interesting because again, you know, uh, my, it applies to my two girls. So anyways, I've been finding that, uh, finding that interesting. Sounds like a good book to have. Yeah. Dana, Dana. All right, guys. So, and I think I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I'm going to mention it again. Summer of Soul documentary. You must Especially because it's the summertime. Come on now. That's right. We're in the summertime. It's yes. the right time for it. Uh-huh. So that's Questlove's documentary right. on, um, I guess, uh, maybe like Black Woodstock, I guess you could say, uh-huh, in Harlem. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please check it out and definitely check out the, uh, the soundtrack. Uh-huh. Yes, the soundtrack, yeah. I will say, is well worth mm-hmm. it. So that's like you got Sly and Family Stone on there, Mahalia Jackson, Staple Singers, all kind of people. So you need to jump on that ASAP. And I was trying to think oh. for, mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife and I jumped into that. That was, we got I don't, into the first part. It was like one of those, you're watching it late at night and how long does this go? And let's, let's <laughs> we got to the first segment, let's take a break and come back. But no, really, um, we've been wanting to check it out and we got into it a little bit and definitely a good watch and yeah. some great music. Oh, and, man. And a lot of, uh, I mean, I love that music history and seeing the bands and like, oh, that's who did that. And that's mm-hmm. who that is. And, um, so that was, yeah, it's definitely so a good, watch. good David, did you watch all the way into the end after the credits? I haven't got to the, haven't got to the end yet. Watch, so all, watch all the way to the end of the credits because there's a scene with Stevie Wonder and you're going to love it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then for shows, um, so I shared with Dennis, I've been actually revisiting um, shows I grew up watching. So like right now I'm rewatching Martin. So that's mm-hmm. my dear part of my dare is to, you know, you know, rewatch shows that, you know, you grew up watching that bring you joy and laughter you know because we need some laughter you know yes we do agree Mm -hmm. i like that yeah well dana knowing that you're doing that you know maybe my last i dare you to here well we'll give you an idea for something to do on top of that creatively mine is that we all consider doing some kind of project outside of our comfort zone so you know i'd have to say you know two years ago when uh or more a little more than two years ago because the plan for this was created pre-pandemic as just a way to communicate with our CISFA members uh, to do this podcast. So, you know, again, whether it's, you know, taking a class on video editing because you want to make nice short little videos better than the stuff that they put out on the TikTok world uh, (laughs) or making art or volunteering that, you know, we consider, you know, doing something. And again, the biggest thing I put out there for anyone is not to stress about being successful or not. 
Uh, I'm sure Dana would say we haven't been perfect. <laughs> that may be me. I haven't been perfect. Dana's been perfect on point uh, all the time. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> but to try something new, new uh, here as we're wrapping up on what's brewing CISFA and try your own project. I'd like to see, uh, you know, who's going to fill our spot. You know, when I think about it, we've got NASFA's off the cuff as the number one financial aid related podcast. And I always thought we were number two because I don't think there's anyone at number three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we went by default. Uh, you know, very few other things. There's other ones about higher ed and all, but they're usually far off our topic. So who's going to yep. fill our shoes? That's I all think I ask. Statistically, you're right. Yeah. That's why the name of this show, when people find it on the uh, out in the pod world, I named it uh, jokingly, Goodbye Our Loyal Fan. <laughs> That was singular, everyone. So, you know, no, I, I do want to thank, uh, actually, one of the things before we roll off on the end here is do thank one of our loyal fans, uh, Mikey K., one of friend, my friends who just said that he picked up listening to it because he just wanted to hear his friend. And during the pandemic, you know, we didn't get to meet. He's a friend from the cigar shop. So uh, hopefully I've uh, also informed him about financial aid matters along the way, too. Sweet. So who knows? Who knows? Well, everyone, you know, it is that time. We're going to wrap this up to let everyone go. And I do want to thank my co-host, Dana, for joining us throughout 200 episodes of this. And thank our audience for tuning in. And, of course, thank those who've joined us today. David Shook from Copper Mountain College, our incoming president. David Loverman, Loverin, our financial aid director at College of Sequoias and incoming treasurer. And then Mike Deer over at Miracosa College who will now be past, past, past president. Uh, well, a couple past there, at least. So uh, thank you all for joining us here on the show. And can I just say real quick, thanks for doing this, Dennis. I mean, a 200 show run, I, I didn't get to listen to every episode, but I was on a couple and I listened to a fair amount and I just, I loved it. Uh, you, you and Dana, kudos to both of you. You did a great job. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you. I thought it was just something yes, new to do. Thank you so Great. much. What's Brewing Cispa has been a production of Studio 1051, a creative collaboration of Dennis and me. This has been episode number 200, recorded Monday, June 27th, 2022. Have a great day. And, and have, have a, a great, great weekend. Week.